G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live brought to you by Crowcast of course. Tons to talk about with the Crows and with the AFL finals looming so without any further ado let's crack straight in shall we. Where are we? Here we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> Just, it wouldn't be the same without a technical hitch. How are you going, Pete? Really well, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord for this uh, pre-finals edition of Tuesday Night Live. And, of course, everyone who's also joined us on YouTube and maybe even Twitch. Um, tons to talk about today. Uh, first of all, Pete, as per usual... I'd like to hear your take on the weekend. Didn't get to the game, and even though I got some tickets, I um, gave them to a friend of mine, and I had a very nice, comfortable barbecue and a few bevies and watched it on the TV. And I actually really, really enjoyed the game. It looked like it was fairly wind affected, um, but um, I enjoyed the game. And uh, look, you know, I know that probably the standard wasn't great. North looked like they had um, packed up for the season, but. I've got to say, I, I really did enjoy the last quarter. I enjoyed all of that emotion. Uh, I'm a bit of a sucker yeah. for all that stuff. Yeah. And um, I thought it was all really, really good stuff. And um, I thought it was some really, really good signs just in terms of, you know, what the playing group sort of looked like and how they reacted. And I think that as a as a supporter, you couldn't but feel, you know, heartened to see that level of, um, I guess, excitement. And um, just, um, there's a, you know, it just... Looks like there's good stuff building down there, doesn't it? It does. Uh, the way they got around the old fellas uh, and saw them off and also just the way they played as a group and uh, you feel like uh, there's a changing of the guard down at the Crows and there's some lads that are really taking ownership of the club and wanting to move it forward. And, you know, we had some interviews at the start of the season and uh, without fail with those young lads, they all made the same comment that they felt like they were part of something fresh and they wanted to take ownership of the club and uh, you know as we've seen with a few players bowing out um, you know that uh, that's starting to occur look I um, you know I'd, I'd be interested in your take on the win the value of the win versus the loss of two places in the draft uh, draft list so I don't think it's a big deal to be honest i think that once once you lose jason i think it from my and look yeah just so everyone knows there's a state game that's coming up this saturday the under 19s will play the west in australia so that's got the green light just today actually yeah so our boys will go over and play a state game um and that'll be a really good opportunity to have a look at some of these guys but um i just think that there's a bit of a blanket to be thrown over um everyone after you know, probably Dacos, Horn, and to a little bit lesser extent, Darcy. But in terms of the open draft, um, I, I think it's Horn, and then it really is a blanket over uh, a few others. I mean, Callahan is is up there, but you know, really, do we? You know, um, do you want to take a chance on 
on a player like that when you know what his background is. So I, I don't think it hurts us a lot. Um, and, and um, you know, if we were playing, if that was the Jason Horn Cup, then I'd be furious. Yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, we North win that game and, and they're still two points behind us. So, you know, I, I think that the, for us, the Jason Horn Cup was that Hawthorne game. I agree. That was that was the one that, you know, yeah, you, you really had to lose if we were being fair thinking about it. Yeah. So, you know, no, I think that, you know, some some good positives to take out of it. I thought that um, Strawny was was just absolutely brilliant in the, against good mm. competition. It's a good ruckman. I thought he was outstanding. Eighteen hitouts to advantage. Yeah, it's a big number. Yep. Um, and nineteen possessions or something or other. And that's right. He had a big game. He had a big game. Fame, um, Strawny. Well, he, Goldstein he wasn't every... noticeable really, apart from ruck no. contests. He he had no impact on on uh, play around the ground. Whereas uh, Kieran was involved. In many passages of play, and uh, you know, I, I must put my hand up, Pete. I uh, I didn't think he was an AFL player last year when he played that uh, that game, and uh, yep. he's and look, credit to him, he's he's come on. He's he looks like his fitness has improved a lot. Um, he didn't look slow like he did in that other game, um, and the couple of games that he's put together at the end of the season have really, I think. Uh, given the Crows' uh, hierarchy, something to chew over with regards to the future of Riley O'Brien, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, he, he, I mean, Riley's, you know, he's got, he gives us great um, endeavour around the ground. I think his contested marking is um, is really, really strong as well. But, uh, you know, that was strong in his second game. And, yeah. Um, so to put out a game like that, You'd have to say that there's a lot of improvement in him. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just something about him I, I really liked. I really liked uh, Lockie Gallant's game. I, I like oh, the fact that, you he know. he got something? Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got something a bit special, oh, hasn't he? Yeah. The way that he can just make, you know, he can lose that front spot but still just sort of make something happen. And... It's confidence, um, uh, Pete. I nearly called you Macca then, sorry. <laughs> It's confidence, you know. Even in the first quarter, he went for a mark that he didn't quite take. But again, it was uh, from way out of position, and uh, it just came from nowhere and, and uh, nearly stole the mark. And that's the measure of a lad who doesn't feel like he's, uh, you know, just playing a bit role. He wants to get in amongst it. And uh, yep. I really, really like what I saw. I mean, you could see why maybe the Crows held him back because he's way for thin. But by geez, an AFL footballer. He absolutely is, and you can just – I think what I really liked is that you, you could just see some real genuine pieces start to emerge. And mm. when I say genuine pieces, I mean, obviously, Harry, again, just showing that, you know, he can anchor that midfield. The other one that really is showing like he's going to be a piece is Braden Cook. Yep. I mean, he is – you know, yep. he just looks like he he's played 100 games already, doesn't he? Well, I mean, out of three games, two plus 15 disposals. I think his first game was 17. He had 19 on the weekend and yep. uh, doesn't look out of place at all. Um, what I like about the two young lads, Gallant and Cook, is they've just got a few tricks, you know, and you always like to see that, just just a little bit of something, you know, Gallant um, aerially and, and Cook doesn't mind selling a little bit of candy. He looks like he's got a bit of time. He doesn't panic. And, yep. uh, you know, that's what you want to see from a kid at such a early stage of their career. So you can 
you so you can just see it sort of just gradually little pieces being put together when you look at you know butts uh, anchoring the defense you look at you know harry in the midfield you look at um you look at a few you know it, it just there's just some pieces that started to, you know yet when we were sitting here this time last year fame we couldn't even see pieces could we no, but this year no. we can you can see some pieces and say, "Yep, that's you know, they're going to be with us for the next you know ten years." Yep. Now, a couple in the chat saying that my audio is crackling. Is that improved now, um, you blokes? Everything nice and clear. Um, it's still crackling, is it? Well, that's interesting. But um, I'll just I'll just chat away there was um so there was a you know a lot of really really good performances and um i think that you know that there's a lot to be said for if we look historically if we look back a lot to be said for taking a really good morale lifting sort of win into the pre-season so i think that was a, a really good thing and you know if we look back on the um on the year that that was fine i mean it was 11 wins to get into the finals, mm. and we ended up with, we ended up with seven, yeah, and and five games, five of our games, we lost by twelve points or under. Yep, um, just that's, keep giving, just keep giving me feedback, gentlemen. In the uh, that sounds good. Yeah. In the chat, yeah. Oh, was that correctly no, for you too? Was it? it well, a little bit, yeah. I thought it was. Just, I actually thought it was something to do with my um, earpiece, but right, okay. There you go. Uh, and, yeah. Anyway, so that's. That's to scoot uh, in the uh, in the chat, I think he was up for a mug. We uh, we gave away a <laughs> bit of merch on Sunday, Pete, and uh, scoot, and it was for people who'd been the highest participants in the chat. And I think Scoot was amongst that. But uh, given the 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 filthy derogatory comments that are that are coming my way from that particular listener, uh, I don't know. I might have to just. Uh, Line line the mug with some sort of uh, uh, some sort of unpalatable matter. Anyway, uh, all right, let's uh, let's get on with it. Enough of that. Uh, so we've got two blokes in the All Australian team, seeds or in the All Australian yeah. squad, I should think. Uh, yeah. I should say was, uh, seeds and yeah. lead. That's probably well deserved. Both of them, absolutely. Um, so I think there's, you know, there's, of there's... them making the team. I. I don't, although I really wish that Seed would, because what I'd really, really wish is just for once I'd actually pick a team that's a team. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. What, what they'll do is instead of putting probably Langdon and Seedsman on the wings, which is which is what they should do, they'll just uh, put all of the, uh, the all the all the guys that miss out on the midfield. They'll just stick on the wing, really. Yeah, both Langdon and Seedsman both deserve. Oh, was Langdon named in the squad? Uh, I Did can't remember Langdon? to be honest with you. Can't remember. So he and Seisman, for me, have clearly been the two best wing players. And, you know, if you, anybody that understands the game knows that the wing is a genuine position. Absolutely. It's a genuine position. And there are there are wingmen and then there are other midfielders. And yeah. it just shits, shits me off that the only reason Seed won't get in that last 22 is because they don't, you know, they don't pick a team in position. Yeah. Otherwise, that, I think he deserves right. it. He might make a bench. I don't think Lairdy gets in. Um, uh, without being uh, commenting too much on other teams, I could not believe that Buddy Franklin got in and Travis Boak didn't. Um, yeah, apparently, though, I read today that 
it's it goes on um, the the clubs nominate the players in the first instance. Would I have I heard? Oh, that really? Correctly? No. Yeah, and that's what the court really? can nominate both. Something to do with that. Now, Pete, like, it's all I falling apart here. All all falling apart here because now apparently my camera's frozen. So you keep talking, and I'm just going <laughs> to fix that for a minute. Um. Yeah, so hopefully, um, look, I'd love to see Seb get in, but he won't. But I think I think what that does, Fane, is that it, it also just shows that, you know, we have had a pretty good year. And um, so even though, you know, obviously we've had some we've had some, some down points, um, I think there's a lot of positive stuff to take. One thing that we probably should have a chat about was the um, parting comments in the media of Daniel Talia. Um, you no doubt would have heard that. And I certainly saw some sound bites on that. I, I thought, to be honest, a little bit disappointing, mentioning, of course, that he's not prepared to go to the best and fairest. Um, and um, words to the effect that there are still some problems down at the Crows, that we're still a long way from finals, which we know. And um, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I think that <laughs> and, um, and that. Uh, he won't be going to the uh, the best and fairest, but we'll catch up with some of the senior players. Um, so I, I thought that was all a little bit, you know, disappointing. And I understand that, you know, he didn't get a contract, which he was probably looking for. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's been a pretty well looked after. You know, it goes both ways, Fang, doesn't it? He's been pretty well looked after. He's had We're talking about Tiles? Yep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I feel like there was a little bit of unnecessary... Jesus Christ. A little bit of unnecessary sour grapes there. Um, disappointing. Yep. Um, yep. So whether Daniel feels a bit let down by how he's been managed uh, in terms of his injuries and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, And look, let's not, just... forget, let's not forget too, Pete, that in terms of his value to the club, he was the one that got up and really tried to G the club up a few years ago at a... Uh, at an end-of-season yeah. function, and uh, I think he's been all in with the club. Let's not forget he's a Victorian. He's stuck with Adelaide throughout his Absolutely. career. So I guess I can kind of understand it to yeah. a point. It's just it's a shame. You know, this is the reality of AFL football, unfortunately, yeah. and, uh, you know, there's not a lot that can be done in that regard. No. And uh, apologies for people while I've just been messing around with my camera, but I think I'm all right now. Um, it's kind of one of those six of one, half dozen of the other, isn't it? It's a it's a tricky one, and I kind of, the one that sort of just stayed with me a little bit was the fact that he wouldn't go to the BNF, but just wanted to catch up with some senior players. Yeah. I just wondered does that does that feed into? I mean, we've had issues with trying to wind down the careers of some yeah. of the senior guys over the last five, six, seven years, haven't we? And I just wonder if that feeds into a little bit of that senior player culture. Peter, you and I have said for years there is something not yep. quite right with that group. Yeah. And we could be clutching at straws, jumping at shadows or whatever, but I do agree with you that Daniel's attitude um, is just another example of a disconnect, I think. Uh, a, yeah. a, a clicky something or other going on, I'm not quite sure. Um, and he would be miffed, I guess, that a couple of rookies have taken over his spot and done exceptionally well in Geordie Butts and uh, Nick Murray. So, you know, mm. I don't know. I, 
I've said for a while now that I don't think we'll be on the true path uh, to redemption until that squad is com- that 2017 squad is completely gone. Yeah, and I and I mean completely from Rory Sloan down. And no disrespect to the individuals because like Sloaney and and those players have have sacrificed a lot for the Adelaide Crows, but I just think yep. as a as a mix as a group. Um, there's just something not quite right about it, you know. It's just something missing that, uh, yeah. you know, that was different to say a Richmond or a Hawthorne of their era or a Geelong of their era. Yeah. No, look, Faye, we, you know, you and I and um, and the great Vardy, we've you know we've had these conversations. I reckon twelve months yep. ago. Yeah. And we've and we've we've all agreed that they've they've got to go, every single yep. one of them. Yep. And, and, and as you say, it's no disrespect, but the time the time has definitely come that um, they've got to um, they've got to move on. So, yeah. Um, the only other thing I'd touch on is that uh, I saw in dispatches today that uh, a few pundits had a crack at uh, their rising star winner in top five, and uh, Harry Schomburg, not one speck of recognition. And yet, I think out of all of them, Harry Schomburg is probably going to be the best of the lot. Yeah, apart from I, maybe I Riley, that, but Riley will probably qualify later. But yeah, I think that that's um, it, it, you know, look, it is disappointing, but we get used to it, don't we? And, and then we hear these bland, pathetic um, statements that come up every now and then. Gary Lyons, the best one for it, when yeah. he'll say, "Oh, you know, if if player B was in Melbourne, mm-hmm. you know, he'd be." to be one of the best players in the competition, and they have this sort of this rider that, that comes across that you know, oh, you know, if, you know, because he's outside of Melbourne, people don't recognise him. Like, oh, yeah. if you've been in Melbourne, you know, and, and you just sort of think, oh, geez, really? Are we still that much of a eccentric competition? But we we are. And, uh, interesting that they all have Mitch Georgiades in there, but um, so Port is is definitely has always been and will always be a Victorian stepchild. Yep. Um, so that's uh, but anyway, that's yeah. that. Uh, we we know what he's like, so he'll be he'll be fine. And I guess we're a victim to the centralisation of the media in Australia because most of our media in Adelaide runs from the eastern states. Um, you know, there's precious few prominent um, sports journalists in South Australia, and the ones that are here tend to pander to the uh, two clubs in order to get decent stories. So that's right. why we exist, Pete. To exactly. try and bring we, we some balance niche. to the world. That's a little niche. <laughs> that's right. Uh, don't forget, if you're in the uh, chat, don't uh, don't be shy. Get your hand up. Get amongst it, and uh, um, we'll be happy to have you on for a bit of a chat. Now, uh, let's have a look at a few injury updates. Um, Rory Sloan, surprise, surprise, going to have uh, surgery to repair his left finger. Yeah, uh, couldn't sacrifice that spot to Sam Berry or Lukey Peddler for a few weeks, but anyway. So uh, there you go. Luke Peddler's uh, coming back from an ankle injury, um, but he's also going to have a left shoulder reconstruction. So there must have been some stuff going on there that they want to tidy up. Yeah. Um, the Berg has recovered from his minor hamstring injury and tied in time to be traded to uh, Gold Coast. Um, He's also having reconstruction surgery on a shoulder, on his right ser- uh, shoulder. 
So there's a bit of off-season stuff going on. You wonder why they didn't send these blokes out to pasture a little bit earlier on, but anyway. Luke Brown with his Achilles surgery. He started running last week, so he's uh, back. Uh, Millerer continues to progress from his patella surgery. Um, he'll be good. At, he'll, he'll be a handy addition next year, I reckon. Be very interesting to see how they play him. Actually, yeah. Um, whether he's midfield or whether he's running half back, um, he'll be he'll be good recruits. Yep, absolutely. Uh, well, but you know, uh, by the same token, uh, injury and and layoff notwithstanding, I think I give him half a season. He needs to. He's an integral yeah. part of our team if he's playing well, and he needs. To, we need to be able to see that he's back to that pre-injury um, um, form because uh, he spent a lot of time on our list and a lot of time being maybe, and uh, yeah. he's shown flashes and a little bit of consistency, and then he got thrown around a fair bit. So uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Matty Crouch, obviously, rehab from his groin surgery. He's... Uh, Expected to be in a good position to at- attack the start of the preseason, wherever that may be. And we'll talk about some potential trades in a moment, uh, Peter. Uh, Mitchie Hinge, I'm looking forward to his return because I like him a lot. Uh, he's had shoulder recon, uh, so he should be good to go in preseason. Jack Haitley as well, uh, groin soreness. Uh, no surgery for Jackson, uh, so it looks like they're just going to try and manage it with. Um, with training loads and rehab and whatnot. And Riley O'Brien obviously had that uh, lateral ligament tear in his knee, um, didn't have surgery and is expected back as normal. So a bit of surgery, a bit of uh, a bit of why didn't they send them off sooner? Uh, but never mind. That's the Adelaide Crows for you. Um, yeah, go on. Um, I'm just... Talking about, I think you mentioned that we'd talk about a few trades. I think I'm just watching the chat, and there just seems to be a, um, a whole lot of um, messages up there being posted about Jacob Hopper. Have I missed something along the way? Yeah. I put something in our chat just earlier today, just because you know he was a player that we talked about months ago, Fiend, didn't yep. we? Yeah, yeah. We said, well, you know, if we get an early draft pick, what, what should we do? And yeah, he's one that. I identified months and months ago saying that, you know, he's out of contract and he's absolutely yep. one that you'd buy 100 miles an hour for. But I'll tell you this, this is, this is what I think about. There's a lot of publicity, isn't there, around us at the moment in terms mm. of, of our, you know, salary cap and, with you know, the names are all being thrown around. We've gone from, you know, there's Parfit, there's Maynard, there's Stevens, there's Dawson, apparently now there's Hopper, Um and um, bit of chatter around Dunstan and Jermont earlier in the season, which seems to have died off a bit. Yeah, and all I would say is this: it's really, really time that this club, this football club, got serious. And what they need to do, and this is the reason why I posted what I posted today, just in our um, in our close chat, which you saw. Yep. Go out and be bloody serious about it. Go out. We've got draft picks coming out of our butt. You know, strong draft picks. We've got a lot of money. Go out, target whether it be Dawson, whether it be Hopper, whether it be whoever. Pay them some money. Do what happened. Do to them what happened to us. You know, make make them offers they can't refuse. Pay them overs. Get them. Yeah. Don't dick around. Well, 
I honestly think that Dawson's the one that we might have a sniff at, uh, simply because of Sydney's uh, cap squeeze. They've got a couple of blokes that are looking for contracts. Uh, uh, Parker is looking for a, uh, you know, a grandfather deal to get him through, uh, and he's like 29, so he's looking for a bit. And they've got yep. a couple of others. Obviously, uh, Buddy has got a year to run on his, so they're still carrying the back end of his contract. Um, but there's reportedly a bit of a squeeze at Sydney with regards to salary. Uh, Dawson said that he wants to stay in Sydney, or is happy to stay in Sydney, I should say, but he's one that if you chucked a, a deal down in front of, it would do one of two things. It would either entice him across, or yep. it would uh, just make Sydney hurt in terms of their yeah. uh, cap situation. Yep. Um, Hopper, I really like him as a player, I really do. Um, I'm not sure how we can get that done, though, Pete. Um, I don't know whether the club will be willing to to give up our first-round pick. And I think it would take our first-round pick and stuff to get him. What would? How would we go? Now, the one that could play into this is, is um, Sarah from Frio. Yep. Now, if he... Carlton are going to have to give up their first. That's going to leave Frio with six and eight. Yep. They want. They will want Erasmus. Now he'll play. Erasmus will play. He's from Subiaco. Yeah. He's the num- number one WA midfielder coming up in the draft, and he is being, you know, he's he's in that that group of you know maybe ten to twelve players that people are throwing a blanket over. Yeah. He has a big. If he has a big. We'll watch him on Saturday. If he has a big champs, then um, you know, um, will Frio. What will Frio give up to jump ahead um, for, say, pick four um, and to make sure they get Erasmus? You know what I'm, do you know what I'm, where I'm where Yeah, I'm I, I, do know where, I, I do know where you're going. And I, I guess, um, you know, that takes me back to the question at the top of the show about losing pick two. Uh, it wasn't so much about the actual choices at pick two. For me, it was it was the flexibility that it gave us. Um, mm-hmm. Given that Callahan was going to be highly sought after, we would have had teams jumping at that at that number, mm. um, and we just lose a little bit of leverage uh, at pick four. But I do agree that yeah, it could cool. be it could be enticing uh, for a club like Frio who want to jump up and make sure that they nab their man. Um, mm. You know what, Pete? As much as I'd like us for once to be um, to be aggressive at trade. I'm not. I can't see it at the moment. We've got, um, you know, one first rounder, like one top ten, and then we've got two in the second round. Uh, we've got a potential, I would say, end of second round for Matty Cratch. Um, a, a possible third rounder for uh, Kelly. Mm. And you know, I was having a bit of a discussion on Big Footy today about what what you'd need to do if you want to be aggressive and uh, I put up a player um, of the ilk of Chase Jones if you really want to be serious about getting quality midfield talent into the into the club then as good as Chase Jones has been for us this season he is exactly the currency that you need to put on the table together with picks and you know all the rest of it to get a gilt edge midfielder across the line and uh, mm. so many people are against, oh, you know, Chase has had a great season. All the rest. Yes, he has. He has, absolutely. But you've got to give a little to get a little. 
and yeah. um, Adelaide have shown themselves not really. We're, we're always the bargain hunters, aren't we? The the Kirtley Hamptons, ah, the Paul yes. Seasmans, always yep. looking for value. And we've never been at the pointy end going, you know what, we want that player. What's it going to take? Yeah. And I don't see that changing, unfortunately. Well, that's what I, I guess that's what I was, and I agree with you, that's what we've always been like, which is why I made that point to start off this discussion, is that just for once, I'd like to see us you know, do, do it differently and say, you know, we're going to target a player and come hell or high water. I mean, you know, Port do it every year. Yeah. They just yeah. go and find it and they say, well, this is who we need. And they just, and you, you think, oh, there's no way they're going to shift that player. And they do. They shift it. Yeah. 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 They that's pay, right. they pay up. Might... They pay the money and they pay the draft picks. That's right. Um, now we've got Sloan Ranger joining us, Pete. G'day, Sloan Ranger. How, How are you going? G'day, guys. How are you? Very well. Thank Very you. Very well. How are you going? Yeah. I've just got a, a few questions. Um, so, from what I've heard about um, Roberts, he's sort of a, a, in an under type. Um, just wondering if we keep Crouch, is, is there a point going after him or are we, you know, going to look more at Draper or is there someone else that we could look at instead in the draft? Um, Sloane, there's, there's, um, there's a few that, that you can throw a blanket over, but I, I love the, the fact that we've got those two boys um, that are in that group. They're very, very different players and you're spot on with Matty because he is a, uh, definitely an in and under player, very, very smart player. I think that probably the key difference with with Matt and with uh, Matt Crouch is is, is Robbo's um, kick. About so 30 metres. Very... <laughs> yeah. About 30 so metres every time he puts the foot Robbo, in. Robbo is a really, really penetrating um, kick. Um, and um, he just uh, he's, he's a much more direct player than Matty Crouch. And I reckon if you have a look at, Matty, at, at Robbo's stats, through the year, the one to really look at is his inside fifty stats. Now, when he played league for football, a league for South a couple of weeks ago, he picked up twenty possessions on, and he played on a wing for South. And seven of those are inside fifty kicks. So he's a player that is just continually driving the ball pretty directly forward. Um, whereas Matty Crouch just tends to probably crab a little bit, I think. Um, and but he's a very, very different player to Arlo. Arlo is your X factor. Um, sort of player, um, guy that you know, can take him out forward. Um, he's got some tricks. He's a more, very much more an athletic sort of player, which is, is kind of like thing. What, like, that's why I'd really like to get them both because they are very, very different players and they, yeah. they complement each other really well. Yeah. No worries. And I just also wanted to ask, um, who's actually sort of seemingly gettable from other clubs? Obviously, we've got a lot of names thrown around, Luke and Rankin, obviously, more next year. but you know, you've got Maynard and Dumont and a lot of other, you know, names thrown around. Who's actually gettable in your eyes? Ian, I'll give that one to you. Well, I think Stevens might be gettable from Sydney. Um, he's not been getting a run uh, seemingly on the outer South Australian lad, uh, very outside player, um, but just been smoking it in the, uh, in the twos uh, for Sydney. I think he's gettable. Um, I actually think Isaac might be gettable this year, even though he's got a year to run. I think uh, that could happen. Um, but again, I, I don't see I, I don't see us being able to wangle uh, something for Hopper. I don't see us being aggressive enough for someone like Dawson. Um, we don't 
usually pay what needs to be paid uh, unless it's for a 30-year-old has-been like Bryce Gibbs. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think if, if I was to put money on something, Sloan, I'd be saying that uh, it'd be Steve Stevens back from Sydney. That'd be the one. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, also, one last one. Um, do you think that there's... I would think there's a big chance that we might see a big leadership shift um, next year. Um, maybe some more focus on Tommy, maybe even becoming captain next year. Just wanted to hear your thoughts. Well, we've got a void at love- the vice-captaincy level, haven't we now? Uh, DT yeah, was vice-captain. I love the thought. I love the thought. I, you know what? I would do it. I would, I, would, I would be handing it over to Tom next year. Absolutely. Well, and and if, no if Rory is um, the club man... I think he would recognise that he is now an elder statesman, his role as a mentor, as a senior player, and I think he would see that it's time to hand over the baton. I mean, we've got some, we've got some kids who are really showing some leadership on the field now, and, uh, you know, you've got Tommy as the, old, uh, the obvious one, uh, you know, but there's a couple of others as well. You know, I, I wouldn't shy away from giving a young kid like Schoenberg the vice-captaincy just to really elevate yeah. him in, in the group. Yep. Um, there's a couple of others as well. So Rory Laird is obviously another one that would have to be in the in the discussion. Um, so I think you're right, Sloane. I think the time is right for a, for a change in leadership there. Thank you very much. Excellent. Great questions. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us and thanks for your support, mm-hmm. Sloane. We'll shuffle you back to mm-hmm. the uh, Montley crew in the audience. Uh, and uh, yeah well you know that's why we have a live studio audience pete to make us you know not have to come up with everything (laughs) (laughs) but the leadership question is a really good one though it really is it really is and there's certainly something to be um something to be discussed there and i I would love to see tom get it and i think you're right i think harry I think Riley Stilltop shows plenty of leadership potential. There's a few of them down there at the moment. That, uh, you know, Jordy Butts, all these kids, they, these yeah. are kids that can, I think, can step up. Um, yeah. As to the question about the, you know, what we're doing in the draft, look, I'd really urge if, uh, if anybody, um, uh, keep your eye out for a stream or, or whatever. But as I said, it, um, on Saturday afternoon, there'll be the South Australia, West Australia under 19 game uh, over in Perth. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what time it'll be, but. It'd be really worth having a look at that because you'll be able to see all these boys that we've been talking about through the year thing. So no excuses for people not to know who they are. Um, and we can have a little bit of a look at some of the boys in the West as well. So We'll uh, be asking questions really next week, watch. won't we, Pete? There'll be a quiz. So people in the chat, if, <laughs> yeah. if they can't answer you know, simple questions, like what number was Arlo and how many touches did Matty Roberts get, uh, then they're, they're banned for a week. Basically, and uh, yes, Sloane Ranger. I reckon she might have been the first female voice we've had on the Crowcast, aside from Nikki, in the whole six years that we've been going. Pete, there you go. Congratulations. And uh, Nick, better watch out because Sloane made a lot of sense. <laughs> she made a hell of a lot of sense, didn't she? <laughs> and she's here on a Tuesday night. Where's Nikki in bed? Anyway. But right. I see there's other and there's other names just come up in the chat there, Fane, just quickly while we're talking about the trade period. Sure. And there's other names that have been chucked around. I mean, um, there was someone was talking about Aaron Francis. His name mm-hmm. seems to come up every every couple of years. I know that he actually requested a trade to us two, was it two years ago. And, yeah, he um, did. The, the Dodoro said no. 
Yeah. Um, we want nice nine firsts. And <laughs> we want nine firsts. So yeah. he's, uh, but so there's talk about him wanting to come, you know, there's always talk about him wanting to come back. There's been some talk about Chad Wingard. Um, so, you know, there is a lot of names. George Hewitt is out of what contract th- and a free agent. What do you um, think about so the few- Chad Wingard whispers? Like he's had, a, he's had a pretty good um, year in terms of on the field. You just have to be really, really careful about, um, you know, what he brings off field. Yeah, you've got a, you're building a really good culture down there at the moment. Yeah, you'd have to just make sure that Chad's in in, in the right headspace. But and you know he's what twenty eight, twenty nine, so he's not really in that twenty sort of five six hit zone that we really want. Yeah. I don't think. Um, but with that said. You know, um, I'm sure he would be relatively inexpensive, and he's had. You know, to be fair to him, he's had a good year. He's put. If you looked at his numbers, he's had a good year. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Um, I worry about his off-field stuff. I worry about his yeah. age in terms of the, what we're trying to do with our profile, because to me, uh, it feels like we're really trying to knock the top off the list age-wise at the moment, Pete, and reconfigure and get rid of that. You know, that big avoid um you know 24 to 27 year olds and that's going to take a couple of years to to redress and um as much as chad would be good for a couple of years on the outside i think in a developing side um uh, i don't think it's i don't think we're the right club for him in in fact to be perfectly honest with you all politics and all that aside um i reckon Port could do with him back to be honest yeah no, no, bad out. I'd tell you, the one that I would really seriously look at would be Francis. I would look at him. I think he's a really, really untapped talent. I don't think do, he's ever really been able to put it together. Do we have enough he's players of of that type or that in that area of the ground, though, Pete? Mm, I think he. I think you get him pretty cheap, um, and I think he can go forward or back. As a, what is he? A one ninety two three. Yeah, kind of guy. Um, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe we do. Yeah, but if you had him, if you could get him cheap enough, then he'd, he'd be one to look at. But look, the real issue is the midfield, as we both know. Yeah, that's why you know a Dawson, a Stevens, a Hopper. You know, these are the kind of guys they've got to be looking at. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, uh, NT Rabbit raises a question about Macassey. Um Obviously, he had his off-field um, uh, stuff going on at the beginning of the year, the personal issues of that, and at one stage it looked like he might um, head back. Where do you see him ending up in, in the Crows lineup, uh, assuming he makes it forward or back, Pete? I've seen him forward a couple of times. I really, really liked what I've seen. Um, in in patches, so he, he would, you think, ah, oh, yeah, he looks like he really could play forward. There's no, doesn't appear to be any real, and this shouldn't come as a surprise because he has played as a back for most of his junior life, but he doesn't really seem to have a full game plan as a forward. Does that mm. make sense? Mm. Um, so he, you'd need to coach. He would need some real some real work uh, as a coach. Yeah. Try and um, turn him into forward. Now, I don't know whether you've got someone asleep there in the room with you, but you've just gone a little bit quiet, Pete. Um, oh, sorry, man. No, you're right. Um, 
Yeah, I, I so look, that that would be my that would be my concern. I th- I think we've got better options down back. Um, I don't feel like he's aggressive enough at the contest to be a defender. He doesn't have enough closing speed to be able to shut down a tall uh, yep. forward. You know, like a Tom Lynch or someone like that 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 is plays yep. tall and can get on his bike as well. Um, and then when you look at him up forward. He's probably got better hands than Himmelberg and Frampton have shown at that level. Um, but, yep. but does he have enough tricks aside from being able to take a mark? We've seen Berg and, and Riley um, go really well at ground level. Um, mm. I, I'm really concerned about Fisher, to be honest with you, and I'd love, to, I'd love for yeah. him to be another player that um, proves us wrong. But he doesn't have the option of a Chase Jones where he can completely reinvent himself. He's either a key forward or a key defender, and that's it. Yeah, that's right. I'd like to see just to give him one more year at least, and just to I think he had a really, really difficult, really difficult preseason with all of his father's health issues. Um, He started late. He was in Victoria for a lot of the time. Um, There was a lot of lot of drama associated with that. He. you know, there was a lot of talk that he was going to, you know, whether he was going to seek a trade, a compassionate trade home. Uh, so he had a really interrupted preseason, and yeah. you know, you know what that can that can do. Um, so I think the only way that we can really judge him is to have a, you know, if he has a good solid run at it this preseason. Yeah. Um, and um, and then and launches himself next season. If we're sitting here having the same conversation next year, then yeah, mm-hmm. sure, you probably pull the trigger on him. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other one I'm wondering about is Shane McAdam. Uh, we talked about Fremantle earlier and their desire perhaps to get up uh, the tra- uh, the draft board. Can we uh, work Shane McAdam into something perhaps that uh, that works for Fremantle? Absolutely. Sell, sell high with Shane, and that's no disrespect to him. But, you know, coming off of a, um, a couple of seasons where he's shown quite a bit, and particularly just in the last game, which is handy, um, Shane's not a young player. He's, what is he, 26? 26, yep. Yeah, so, I, you know, I can't see the arrow pointing up for too much longer with Shane. I reckon now would be the absolute perfect time to, to get a good return on that that draft pick. Yeah. Um Patrick Lyons also mentions another player who might be gettable is Sam petreski Seaton. Got any uh, thoughts on him? Would love to have him just because of his ball use. And but see, that's an interesting one because he's a pretty. I think he's either a cousin or a close friend of Shane's. Yeah, right. Both from Halls Creek, um, and so there's plenty of plenty around on social media. Those two together, yeah. um, particularly on holidays when they go back home. So those two are pretty close. Um, so if you shipped. Shane out, you might not get um, Petrescu Seaton, but would love to have a look at him because he is just a. I don't think he's been particularly well managed, and he's a very very smooth mover. Yeah, yeah. Of, we, of course, know. we've also and we'll spend a lot more time looking in depth at all of this as we move forward. But uh, so we're just sort of spitballing here tonight. But we've got the issue of being able to have the list space. Um, for some of this to work as well. And at the moment, I think, as it stands, and, and Mac has done 93 hours of research on this, so... Uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, but I think we'd need to drop a couple off. Um, 
obviously, you know, a couple of retirements helps, but I think we're still about too short of having enough spots. Mm. Is that how I read it? So that's going to be interesting too. Do you see any uh, any standout delistings at this stage? Oh, I think that, yeah, you know, Benny Davis is a lot, it would be a lot of, uh, lot of difficulty. And that's not because, you know, I'm a big fan of Ben, and I think that yeah. he um, he started to show just a little bit towards the end of the season. But yeah, I just have the have the feeling that he's going to be in a little bit of difficulty. They're going to give it another. They'll offer a contract to Lockie Gallant, I'm sure. Um, Karen Crozes mentions uh, the Rock, and Barty Magic reckons the Rock. I think he's probably in a little bit of trouble. There was some, yeah. You know whether he now he's now he's one that might want to go back to Perth. If you yeah. you know if you're talking about you know chatting with Fremantle. No one would pay for so that. He'd be the stakiest no, no, no. of steak knives. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. So, so Ben Davis, Matt Crouch, I think will probably go, and um, and Ronan O'Connor, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think that they those three are probably the most likely. Lockie Murphy. Um, yeah. I know they love him. Oh, they love him. They absolutely love him. You can get set. He'll play if he wants to. He'll play three hundred games for the Crows. Lockie Murphy, they love him. Absolutely love him. Kelly Labs mentions he's one that um, is not yet contracted for next year, so he yeah. could be. You know, there's talk about Braden Maynard. You know, whether yeah. there's something that you can do there. Um, so there's we've certainly been linked to a lot of players, and so they've just got to start. They they really have to you know make some of these steps because. I, the one thing that uh, you ha- you can't underestimate, Fiend, is that when you do have, you, you know, yes, we jump from pick two to four, but, you know, if you're a, you've been approached by the Crows and you're watching that game on Sunday night thinking, is that a place I want to go? Mm. There's a lot of good stuff happening on the field. You think, oh, that looks like a pretty good group. Do, yep. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and that feeds into seven- that. Sorry, go on. I just say we know we've won seven games. We've won yeah. seven games. We look like we're on the we're on the move. Yeah, and that again feeds into the narrative of, about maybe a, a toxic senior group being less attractive for recruits in the past. Maybe stories yep. or whatever. You know, you never know. Uh, we're yeah. totally, totally uh, uh, hypothesising at, uh, at that. Um, so I've thrown up Chase as uh, a player that. I would term as uh, love to keep, happy to trade. Who would be yep. your number one love to keep, happy to trade player at the moment? Oh, that's almost it, and that's almost a title for a whole episode, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I've thrown it out yet because we decided not to not to I, have I'm any gonna, format okay. this week. <laughs> I'm gonna, and we've got to talk about someone that might have a bit of value too, don't we? Yes, love to keep, happy to trade. Yeah, I'm going to go big. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say Riley O'Brien. Yes, yes, I uh, don't mind that one. I don't mind that go. one. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. That, oh, I, I'm I'm going to get some reaction, <laughs> but I'm only I'm only saying that because I was wowed by uh, Strawny. I reckon you could probably put Strawny up there. You could you could cover um, if you if you kept Himmelberg, you could do some ruck work, and I wouldn't mind seeing us just with a rookie pick uh, draft. A, you know, a development yeah. ruckman. Because um, I think it's something that we haven't had in our list for a while as a developing ruck. I suppose yeah. we've had Strawn as a developing ruck that you could argue. Well, he was mature age, though, when we took him on. 
yeah. Um, so I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing that. Well, what I like about Strawn is that he plays forward as well. Uh, he's played forward at SANFL level, and you saw him have a snap for goal, and he didn't look, even though it was speculative, he didn't look uh, cumbersome in doing so. And I think, you know, we were talking last week about, uh, you know, maybe rotating uh, three tools through the ruck and forward area and really stretching opposition. And when you think about it, uh, Kieran probably provides better option in that regard than O'Brien does. Yeah, and he's a beautiful kick for goal. I've seen him at the SNFL level. He's yeah. an immaculate kick for goal. Yeah. But that won't happen. And um, as um, uh, who just made the point there, Ned on YouTube just made the point, he's just signed a four-year deal. It won't happen. But I guess uh, on the spot, that was just a name that came to me. Yeah. Uh, Brody Smith? Sort of a, out of the blue. Brody, Brody Smith. You know I've been yeah, happy to like trade him. Brody for five yeah. years. Yeah, I've been happy to trade Brody for a good many years, as you well know. I yep. don't think he's ever, I think, whether it's concussion-related or whatever, I don't think he's ever delivered on those early years where he was an All-Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that he was never the same after that Collingwood game. Remember, he, remember he, he was All-Australian, and then the following year he was just absolutely carving the place up, and then yep. he had that really nasty concussion over yep. at... Um, uh, at Marvel, NT Rabbit was at the game. I just, I know, I know this is probably sounds silly, but I just feel like he was never the same after that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, I really like Brody, uh, but there was one passage of play on the weekend that really highlighted to me the difference between Paul Seedsman and Brody uh, Smith when it comes to the value of their kicking. And I've always thought that Brody is an excellent line-breaking kick, but he struggles with uh, spotting up short. And there was a spot up that he kicked down the middle, and it didn't amount to a turnover or anything like that. But his technique, uh, because he kicks so, like his real, in cricketing terms, round arm, he's round-legged, um, it's almost impossible for him to spot up a short pass. And uh, he tried to spot up someone from the back pocket at ten and a half forward, and it, you know it was very laboured, and it dropped short, and could have gone anywhere, sort of thing. And I think you know the way the game's evolving at the moment. At least Seedsman, even though he does tend to bomb a bit, he can hit up short passes when he drops his eyes. Whereas Brody struggles, and we've seen in big moments Brody missing targets, haven't we, Pete? Yeah, no, um, absolutely. I think, though, in terms of aggressive trading, don't forget we've got our 2022 first and second. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, they may... I think that with the loss of experience, we may just have a little bit of a um, um, marking on the spot next year. I don't think... I'm not sure that we'll go too further forward or back just because you've got to look at the fact that, you know, um, some of those close games we won this year were on the back of, you know, some good yeah. performances, particularly in the early games from experienced yeah. players. So, you know, um, they'll be a year older or not there. Um, so, you know, our 2020, I think that you can probably mark our 2022 first as a, probably, you know, another top, you know, five to eight sort of pick Yeah. Um, at worst. So that, that's something that could be put on the table. Yeah. Uh, Seth's not saying we need to push for finals next year. No, not in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it's we can certainly happen. aim for that. But I think next year is all about getting another 20 games into our core group of next generation players and seeing yeah. what else we can, whether we can get a couple of games into Newchurch if he stays on the list, um, yeah. having maybe having a look at Borlase, who's really kicked on in the second half of the season, um, you know, getting Lukey Peddler on the park and getting 20 games into him, uh, getting yep. more games into Gallant, getting more games into Thilthorpe. 
um, settling on a midfield that doesn't rely on Laird, Keys and, and Sloan, you know, getting more mm-hmm. midfield minutes into Berry and uh, Harry, of course, and, and Luke and a couple of others, maybe Miller as well. So I think it's a real... I think next year is a real uh, platform for the future next year. Yeah. If we can add Pretty a bit of cream uh, and just continue to work the system and continue to get the game plan down and just get another 20 games into these boats. I actually am quite bullish about our list. The talent that we've seen throughout the course of the season, Pete, um, you know, and we haven't even spoken about Josh Worrell, who's still got, you know, an opportunity. Yep. There's some talent there and there's some kids that uh, don't lack confidence. And I think, in the past, what I reckon with a lot of the kids that we've picked up in the midfield, like uh, Gallucci and Paholke and even Chase Jones for that matter, they haven't seemed to be confident at the level. And yet, mm. when you look at Shuey and you look at Ped- even Peddler's couple of games and uh, Sam Berry, they don't look overawed at all. You know, Braden Cook doesn't look overawed at all. And that's no. what I like about our current crop, that they look like they feel that they belong. No, and I think that's why they just want to probably try and pick up, you know, even if it's just a free agent or two in that sort of 100-150 game bracket, and that's why they might have been looking at a DeMont or a, a Hewitt or um, a Dunstan, Vardy Magic, just, I saw you put there, Dunstan for, for Straw, and Dunstan's a free agent as well, so, you know, just a bit, of, a little bit of extra body around for, for yeah. those boys, but you're absolutely spot on that next year is a platform year, because this year... They had those older players around them, and to, you know, to sort of to bring them in, get their you know the first few games under their belt, get a bit of belief, you know, yeah. win seven games, um, and you can see that's really galvanised the group. So I think that that has kind of worked. But you're now taking you know some of those senior players away, and also they'll be a year older. Yeah. Um, what you're looking to do next year, it's almost like a transfer of ownership year, isn't it? Yes, 100%. And that's why Sloan's um, suggestion earlier on about a leadership change is, is very timely because I think it's spot on. Um, yep. you, your your uh, use of the word transition is perfect there. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. And I think that's the way Nick sees it. I think he's been biding his time a bit. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, not... You know, I guess it's delicate for him because he's got some much-loved senior players that maybe... You know, he, I wouldn't say he had to tolerate, but he had to de- de- defer to a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, and um, I think now, I think, you know, surprisingly, whether it's by coincidence, chance, or just perception, I think that the tech situation has really given him license to go. All right, this is it now. We're we pissing this lot off, and it's we yeah. we're going again. So yeah, ab- uh, absolutely right. So. Yeah. Uh, well, let's finish off just quickly on... Uh, or f- we'll finish off the Crows talk just on text. Any more thoughts after a couple of weeks? Do you think he'll be back next year? I, I, th- I still think he will. I, I think he'll be back. I think he'll play out his contract. I think the players the players are having a meeting tomorrow, I think, to see if he would come to the best and fairest. Yep. I think that he'll go. I think he'll go to the best and fairest. Um, and I think that I'll put it behind, and I think he'll be there next year. Yeah, okay. I, I do, too, uh, for what it's worth. And uh, before we go, uh, because I've re- 
defibrillated my audio. I don't know why it's crackling tonight. Um, but your tips for the first week of finals, we got uh, a couple of tasty ones. The Bulldogs versus Port uh, Bulldogs versus Essendon should be very tasty, Pete. Yeah, I was bitterly disappointed with the Western Bulldogs on Friday night to give up a, a three-goal lead with six minutes to play was the one that had so much riding on it. I thought oh, they yeah. were really, really ordinary in that last few minutes. I just thought, uh, you know, you just don't deserve it. So I kind of hope Essendon knock them over for their fourth loss in a row and get rid of them, to be honest. I thought Bontempelli was rubbish. Yeah. Um, and there was no leadership. There was nothing in those. You know, when Boat, Wines and Grey all stood up at the end, yeah. there was nothing from the Bulldogs. They were pathetic. So yeah. I'd like yeah. to see the back of them. I um I think the Bulldogs really suffer, and I said this on Sunday, so sorry for repeating myself, um, but Josh Bruce uh, out hurts them, not only because it gives them one less target up forward, but it makes Bontempelli far more accountable when he goes up yep. forward. Um, and uh, as well, Inquisitor says, it's Lukey Beveridge as well. It's, uh, why wouldn't they play Jamara? I mean, I, I don't get I don't that, know. but anyway, that's I don't, I don't get it. Weird. Yeah, um, um, Melbourne and Brisbane should be a classic. I reckon I might even go to that game, you know, because I reckon it'll be a cracker. Yeah, I think Melbourne will get across the line there. Yeah, I don't, um, know. I don't know. I think um, I think that they will get a massive. I watched that game on the weekend. I think they'll get a massive amount of belief out of that last quarter against Geelong. Mm. So yep. they'll they'll be good. Yeah, speaking of the Cats, they've got um, who the hell have they got? Um, yeah, the mob down the Someone, road. A port, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah, Treaders already whinging that they might not have their second final at Adelaide Oval. And oh, sort of think, well, you know, guess what? You're the only team in the finals that's getting a home game. Yeah, this exactly. So Sydney and GWS have got to go to Utah's, for God's sake. Yeah, it's just, they're just so pathetic. I can't even, you know. And then yeah. Stephen Marshall, you know, obviously a port supporter. And just watch him just bowl ahead with another complete misuse of power and increase the numbers. Just watch right. that happen. You yep. mark my words. Yep. That was a Crows game. There's no chance in hell that that, that, that would be, happen. But because Marshall is just a dyed-in-the-wool port supporter, yep. you watch him misuse his power. And I say that honestly, without joking, he'll misuse yep. his power and he will he will increase that 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 that, that crowd. You watch. Yep. Yeah, 30,000. Here we come. Yep, I have 30,000. But anyway, then they can all piss off to Perth. Yeah. Um, speaking of Sydney and GWS, uh, any chance GWS? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think they're playing really good football. They're, they're, they're one of the form teams. They're so, the nah, they're flaky, uh, Pete. They're do you think? Flaky. I think, they'll, I think they'll win. I mean, week after week, Macca and I were sort of watching them just float around the edge of that eight, and every time they had a game to consolidate, they <laughs> lost it. And so, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't trust yep. uh, Cameron as a coach. Uh, I don't trust their midfield against Sydney's work ethic. Um, I think the ground suits Sydney. I think Sydney will flatten them, actually, to be honest. I, I think they generally remind me a little bit of us in 2016. Um, if the, if they're on, they'll be, uh, they, they might be hard to beat. But let's... Uh, Let's hope that they, uh, I kind of hope they get rolled and we can then um, get Nixie to ring up his old mate Jacob and, and say, come on, that's it. get over here. That's it, exactly right. On that note, Peter, I've kept you for an hour, which is an achievement in itself. Oh, that's good, good fun. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Sorry about the crackly audio, Thanks, the crappy camera and all the rest of it. Thanks, uh, 
Sloan for joining us on the chat tonight. Thanks to everyone who's joined us on yeah, Discord and YouTube. Uh, if you want to support us, don't forget to get around Patreon, AFL Crowcast. And uh, we will be back on Sunday night to talk about the finals, uh, the first week of the finals. So uh, uh, don't miss that. We'll be back then. Until then, stay safe and we'll good, see you later. Good chat. See you guys. Bye now. Yeah.